Welcome to Ottawa Valley Vineyard, where we simply want to help you encounter Jesus, be transformed, and share His love. Today, I've called it uh, God's Heart to Exiles. So if you have your Bibles and you want to track with us, we will have some verses on the screen if you don't, but we're going to be in Jeremiah 31. Um, we, won't be do, we won't read it line by line, but if you'd like to track, that's, that's where we're going today. That's where we're going to land. Um, but to get there, actually, we're, we're taking an interesting route. So in the past couple of weeks, we have been looking at some key characters in God's redemptive story. Aaron had a couple messages on Abraham. Yep. Uh, Matt just looked at Moses last week. Yeah. Yeah. Something. Something. Something about Moses. There was something about Moses. If you caught that uh, that title last week, um, and to to capture what I want to capture in Jeremiah thirty one, we would we just want to see where we're at in the story. So we're gonna start by just taking a look at the big picture. Um, we know that really the whole biblical story is a redemptive story. It's God's love wanting to redeem humanity, all of humanity, back to our original created place relationally with him. We've all fallen yep. from that. Sin separates us from, from who we are, from who we were made to be. But God so loved the world, he made this plan to, to bring humanity back to who they were made to be, to be with him relationally. So um, we'll just track with that to get, to get that context of, of Jeremiah's prophecy and into his point in time. Um, so we see it from the beginning. I mean, Aaron, you were talking about Abraham. And in Genesis 17, verse 7, God picks Abraham and picks his family yeah. as, as the yeah. vessel with which he will bring his redemptive plan to fruition. And he says in, in Genesis 17, 7, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. So we see even in this part, the thing that's jumping out at me is that from the get-go, there's a relational component to yeah. this. God, through Abraham's family, is establishing a covenant, a covenant that he wants to be theirs and for him to be theirs, for him to be their God and for them to be his people. I'm just stunned by the fact that it's relational from the so get-go. personal, not technological like Twitter or something like that, like some yeah. mechanism to get that info out there. Not legal. It's all transmitted from heart to heart, person to person, right? Yeah, exactly. I, that really stands out to me. Do you want to comment on that, Matt? I don't know. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I think you're right, right? That idea of covenant, I guess, is a piece, right? Which is like, I think there's something there, like God didn't have to do that. I think sometimes we get so used to the yeah. biblical story that we're like, well, obviously God loves us and obviously he sent his son and obviously... You know, ob like I, here we'll like focus implied. on that love piece, right? Because it's, because it's Valentine's Day. Obviously, God loves us, and I think that we just like we almost get used to hearing it. It's like God being God, like by nature, meant that He did not like have to enter into any covenant. Like the entering into covenant, the making some kind of promise. Like why would you tie yourself to a promise? Like why would you yeah. do that? Yeah, I mean, He had there was no part of Him that needed to do that. Yeah, like you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like He does. He yeah. doesn't need us. Yeah, in the same way yeah. that we need Him. It's right? so true. He's yeah. entirely different. And, but but he's still like, I will make a covenant with you. Yeah. yeah. Like, I will I will come down. So, I mean, you have the incarnation, but you also have here, you have yeah. like a, I will, I will come down. I'll, I'll come down a couple steps yeah. to your level, right? Yeah. And it's like, I am going to promise something to you. Absolutely. And I mean, which is like relationship, right? Which is like yeah. the heart of relationship, I think. Is yeah. Like, yeah. Totally it's stunning. Just, it it, it yeah. reminds me of what you're saying, just reminds me of Psalm 8. I forget the verse, but it's, what is man that you are mindful of him, right? And, right, and, yeah. And it's just, it's, it, you make a really good point. I mean, it, it's not an entitlement, and I think that's so huge. It's it, it's stunning to me that, like, from the beginning, that's that's God's heart. He, he just wants his kids back, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're going to see right. that. We're going to see that from where um, Matt was talking about Moses. So um, the... The family of Abraham is chosen to be the vessel with which God will restore all of humanity back to himself. Um, we see that Abraham's family throughout the story uh, gets really large, uh, you know, beginning <laughs> yeah. with Jacob having <laughs> at least 13 sons or something, you know, 12 sons. And um, anyway, his family grows to the point where it's hundreds of thousands of people over the course of many years. Yeah. They're enslaved in Egypt. And Moses becomes a key character in our story as he leads them out of slavery from Egypt. So by that point, there are hundreds of thousands of people. 
and Moses is this chosen leader to bring them out. And there's a huge development in, in this story of God's plan in that time period. God gives them these, these laws. He gives them right. these, yeah. These, yeah. these rituals, these rhythms of life. Yeah. And um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a real pivotal, turn, pivotal turning point. And um, they're, they're about to enter the promised land. That's a part of what, what was God's promise to Abraham. So Moses, this leader who's brought them out of slavery, there, he's on the cusp of going into the promised land. At the, yeah. at the end of Deuteronomy, we have this huge saga of the end of <laughs> Moses' life. This, oh, man. Um, there's, this, there's a lot in there. There's, a, there's blessings given to each of the tribes. Um, there, there's, and the thing I want to focus in on about this part of Moses' life and this part of our story is he had given them these laws. He had given them these, these commands, you know, walk in my ways, live this way. Yeah. And he, he, Moses sets before them this, this blessing and this curse. Yeah. God's heart is relationally to be with them. And he's saying, walk in my ways and it will be good for you. In Deuteronomy 30, verses 15 to 18, we, we get a little snippet, but it's a lot bigger than what I'm going to read today. He says, see, I set before you today life and good, death and evil. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him and decrees and laws. Then you will have life and increase. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess but if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you to this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. And like I said, in much, much more grandiose fashion, Moses goes into really great detail of how blessed they will be yep. if, if, if they follow his ways yeah. and how cursed they will be like if they don't. crazy light and day if then. If yeah, then, right? Like, exactly, and it and it's it's pretty violent detail. Like it's these curses are very serious. Yeah, you know, if you'd like to go on that journey, just take a look at Deuteronomy twenty-eight. Yeah. But it's a very serious warning, right? Moses has lived this incredible story of seeing God do inc- amazing things, mm-hmm. and I, I can kind of hear Moses's heart being like just tr- just trying to give a stern warning, right? Mm-hmm. Like don't right. miss. God this. has lines that we can't cross. Here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and out of his love, he's given them this invitation to walk in his ways. His his heart is still relational amidst that. Um, the interesting thing that I found in Moses' closing parts of his life at the end of Deuteronomy, yeah, and this is yeah. a key part of our story today, is that God actually foretells their failure. Hmm. So, so God in the middle of this, Moses and God in the middle of this closing kind of address or this closing speech, um, Deuteronomy 31, 16, right. God says to Moses, this people will rise and whore after for the foreign gods among them and the land that they are entering, and they will forsake me and break my covenant that I have made with them. So God tells Moses, like, give them this serious warning, but they are going to blow it. Yeah. Tells the people, gives them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Moses actually says thing, right? that to them. Like, it, it, I actually have that right up, queued up next. In, in 3129, Moses says to the people, For I know that after my death you will surely act corruptly and turn aside from the way that I have commanded you. And in the days to come, evil will befall you because you will do what is evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger through the work of your hands. So, yeah, I mean, right in the middle of our epic closing address, you would imagine that's a bit of a damper on the speech, right? It's And contrary to the, like, speak life, speak positivity deal, too, right? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you make of this, Matt? I mean, what are you thinking, like, if you're, yeah. in that, if you're in that seat? Man, it w- yeah, I mean, I mean, good question. I mean, so on, on one level, I'm like, okay, God is, there's, there's almost a part of me that kind of just, like, big picture, like, because... Here, let me zoom out. Let me zoom out a second, and then I'll come back because I think yeah. then my thoughts will make a little bit more sense. Like, so I guess what we have here, right, is we have we have God creating, right? We have God. I mean, we didn't cover the fall, right, the fall of man, but we have this like, okay, there's going, there's this like central plan of like, I am going to restore uh, my people unto myself. Like, yeah. I will save humanity instead of just like you know d- destructing the Lego set, taking them apart. I'm gonna I'm gonna restore it. Like, I'm gonna do this. Um, and then fast forward, and so that's Abraham, right? And that's a promise you mentioned right at the beginning, yeah. which I'll just throw this in here, which has been so key for me, just understanding and like shout it, I guess, to the even the Bible Project guys. Mm, they do yeah. a great job with this. But just the fact that the Bible, I mean, I think so often you see on Facebook, you see verses mm. and you see people who are like, look, a contradiction, right? And it's like this verse and this verse. And it's like the Bible is not... It's like, it's, it's like, yes, you can take verses. I mean, you also see like, here's a pillow and here's a nice verse on a pillow. It's like, yes, that is important. And yes, that is valuable. But like the Bible is a, is a whole story. Yeah. Like, there's themes that run through. And like, if we don't understand the whole story, 
then we're we're really we're really missing something. Yeah. But just to answer your actual question, yeah. <laughs> yeah and I, I guess here God is saying, like, look, like there is, there's if you, it's like obedience equals life, disobedience yeah. equals death, yeah. and I think. I think a part of that, this isn't the whole, whole piece, but a part of that too is I think just the way that God has structured the world, that there is, there's like, there's natural consequences so, to like, so I mean, let's say you have a car and you put um, antifreeze in your gas tank. It's like the car's not designed to work that way. There's a natural consequence to doing that, which is the car breaks down. And I think that there's something here too, which is like, if God is life, anti-God or turning away from God, anti-Christ to is is death like it's 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 the breakdown of the car after you put antifreeze in the in the gas tank it's like i know how you were meant to made and and meant to operate and this isn't it um i mean and i'll I'll throw one more thing which is kind of scary when god tells you like it's not gonna happen i mean yeah (laughs) you know what i mean there's there's like a like yeah uh oh shoot it's like yeah, I don't know if I can really fight you on that. If you say it's going to happen, like, yeah, what a strange address, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's what that's what entered my mind is was there an element of well, he, if he said we're going to blow it anyway, like we, why bother? I don't know. Oh, you know, uh, that was a right. part of what like a little I, bit of fatalistic, right. maybe. Yeah, but I mean, I'm like, not going to accuse God of wrong there or something. But anyway, I just yeah, just what a curious um, epic speech to right. include the prophecy of failure in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, interesting. You know, really interesting. I'll yeah. say I'll I'll take one piece here and, and just yeah. to like just to orient it on God too is um like I think that there's something here which is like God chose this path knowing that there would be failure. Yeah. Right? Like God chose love knowing that they would blow it. Like he chose covenant knowing that they would blow it. Yeah. He chose creating us if we want to get really big picture. Sure. Knowing yeah. that we would fail, that we would hurt. Yeah. I mean, hurt each other, but really ultimately like hurt him. Reject him. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And I guess that's the risk of love, maybe? Yeah. No, and I I really believe that God's intentional at all that too. It's a really good point. There's something that, God wasn't caught by surprise at the the failure of humans to to meet this covenant, right? right? and there's, there's another piece that I'm going to jump to here as well that I, that I think is really important. So not only does, does Moses, Moses gives this serious address, do this, don't do this. It'll be good if you do it. It'll be bad if you don't, but you're going to blow it. But at, at, at another, <laughs> oh, I'm paraphrasing. What an encouragement, right? Oh, yeah. Man, yeah. Yeah. By the way, you By will the way. Yeah. But in, 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 in chapter 30, verses four to six, he actually goes a, a step further. Not only will you... Not only will you harden your hearts and fail this, but hmm. he actually goes beyond that and says, but if you do, here's what he says in chapter 30. Even if you have been banished to the most distant land under the heavens, from there the Lord your God will gather you and bring you back. He will bring you to the land that belonged to your ancestors and you will take possession of it. Hmm. He will make you more prosperous and numerous than your ancestors. Yeah. The Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that you can love him with all your heart with all your soul and live. It's just it's something really wow. beautiful about that. Yeah, yeah. That, that really stood out to me that, yeah. you know, God, God is saying that you guys aren't going to, I'm trying to give you a stern warning. You're not going to heed my warning. But even if you do, there's this, there's this second kind of prophetic moment that I'm highlighting here where he says, even if you've been brought into yeah. distant lands, which is a foreshadow, by the way, yeah. like, like among the curses that God um, warned Israel about is that if, if they were to, reject him, reject his covenant, they would be brought into captivity. The exile that we're going to read about later on in the story was foretold. And he says, but even if you have been banished, I will bring you back. And the next piece of foreshadowing here that I'm just going to highlight is the Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that you can love him with all your heart and with all your soul and live. So there's, there's a piece here that I think is really important. And maybe I'll, maybe I won't Maybe I'll just leave that there they as foreshadowing. Away, I, I won't get, I, you know, I'm <laughs> tempted to just be like, ah, you know. Jump, man, go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so here we have it. Here we have God's redemptive plan continuing. Um, the, the family of Abraham's become huge. They, they are warned and given a path to follow, a track to run on in, in the form of laws and commands and decrees. Um, Moses gives them this big speech and they enter into the promised land. And from here, we're actually just going to do our best together to, yeah. just, to just actually summarize how that worked out for them. And it, for, not to be cheeky about it, but sure. 
Um, we see that story in Judges of them, kind of the early days of them inhabiting the promised land. Yep. We see them eventually ask for a king. And then in the books of Kings and Chronicles, we see the up and down story of how of how the nation of Israel and how the kings that led them did at honoring these commands and decrees, yep. did at loving God and, and, and honoring that covenant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at best, I think they had moderate success. I mean, I think that's, there was seasons and kings in particular that led them in such a way where they honored and they were and they feared God and revered Him, um, but ultimately, like it, 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 yeah. it ended in disaster. Yeah. And um, where we're going to go is actually, like I had mentioned, in foreshadowing and um, in the curses that Moses warned them about. He said, "If you do this, you will be taken into exile." And we do ultimately see that come to pass. That's a huge part of the Old Testament spoiler, story. Spoiler alert! Yeah, yeah. If you haven't read that far, <laughs> that's a spoiler. Yeah. Um, but that that does come to pass, and I guess I want to. I guess I, I want us all to chime in to just kind of do our best to just give us a picture of that huge amount of hundreds of years. Because um, the way that I presented it today, I don't sure. want to make it look like God said, "If you do this, I'm I'm going to curse you." And then in the next scene, He just did it. It was actually a very up and down thing. God didn't just exile yeah. them right away. He wasn't like right. He wasn't happy. like okay, that's you it. Know? Pulling the trigger. Yeah, yeah, as soon as the first technicality happened, it just, <laughs> here's the curses. Yeah. That wasn't it at all. Um, yeah, do you guys want to chime in? 12.01 and you're picking up manna. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think a key thought in all that is that, you know, Jeremiah wasn't the only prophet. Like, all Huge. through that right. process, Huge. right? There's God communication. There's reminding them of Deuteronomy and reminding them, like, every yeah. king, every uh, leader, you know, David had. Yeah. God is constantly trying to woo them back and constantly yeah. trying to, yeah. to, hey, guys, don't do not do this. There's all the stories of the judges where the nation goes sideways and God brings them back. And, yeah. You know, so there's a right. constant ebb and flow of, of grace. And, like, yeah. And they ultimately, they, they land in a place of where they've really, you know, adopted the practices of the land, right? They're yeah. worshiping in the temple. They've lost it. And, and then there's guys outside the temple who are sacrificing babies. Like, yeah. Like they've gone. It gets dark. It gets really, really, really dark. And then the judgment comes. But God gave them so much chance, like yeah. so much grace, right. so much warning. It reminds me of that that song that we sometimes sing, the, the Relentless... Uh, love of reckless God, love, yeah. reckless is it reckless, reckless or relentless or yeah. Anyways, yeah, maybe it's reckless. It's reckless anyways, the, the, the heart of that is like the pursuit of God, like yeah. God pursuing you, yeah. which yeah. I think comes through in that story. Just when you mentioned the prophets, right? Like yeah. it's not like God. Yeah, it, it wasn't God just giving up. Like oh, that's it. it. Like, Boom, here's I'm a warning. Done. I'm going to be quiet. Was, and just wait for them to. There blow was it. Yeah. there was commitment yeah. behind that, and and just yeah, jumping to your definition of love, right? Like the desire for what was best. It's like he was there, and it's like prophet after prophet after prophet. After like there was there was there was the voice of God was present like continually yeah. calling them. It wasn't something simple. It was yeah. like yeah. hundreds of years of here's yeah. another one. Here's another one. Here's a judge who's good who I set up for you. Right here's yeah. a here's an answering to your yeah. prayers. Here's here's another prophet. God loved them so dearly. Right. He yeah. he just he he still just a, had yeah. this relational desire for them mm-hmm. and and gave them really serious appeals. Like as much as God did foretell them rejecting him, yeah. the, the, those prophets outside of Jeremiah, those judges, they, they were serious yeah. appeals of like, I love you, yeah. like just follow my way. Right. And right, right. interestingly, like the culmination of, of these curses where it involves exile, we actually see that it happened in a staggered way. Like the, some of the tribes, the northern 10 tribes were brought into exile 150 right. years before. before the southern tribes. Like even, like the, even that stands out to me. Like there's, yeah. The first ten have gone too far, and God God leaves them to their own devices. Right. It is their destruction. Yeah. But the the last two, the kings of Judah, actually have a bit of a better track record of honoring and fearing right. God. And Josiah is one of the most yep. you know revered kings later right. on in right, Judah's right. history. And, and God hangs on with them. Yep. Like it wasn't right. just there's, like this blanket. Yeah, there's almost yeah. A, like a, a warning, or or like even yeah. in that, there's like a desire of like, well, yeah. maybe they'll take notice. If and... you will walk with me, I'm I'm game. Yeah, that's kind of how I hear God's heart, yep. right? But there's this place where it devolves. To yeah. a really dark place. Yeah, and there's a covenant piece through it all too, right? So there's the prophets coming in and speaking into them, but there's still also this huge consciousness in in all of those tribes that they are still a part of God's family, right? Like you see the tribe of Ephraim that we're going to talk about. It's going to be prophesied into here in yeah. Isaiah 31. Well, Ephraim is like we know was Joseph's son. Right. Right. And so that name is continued on and we know that there's points through history where Ephraim is is spoken of as being as part of that covenant. So you've got the story of Joshua and Caleb, right? Going into the promised land. Well, there's, you know, that connection all the way through. You know, the 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 guy Joshua was Joseph's relation. 
right. under Ephraim, right? So they've right. got that bringing forth of the story all the way through. It just it just ties together in terms of both the family commitment and then the prophetic voice into the family. Like God is mm. clearly saying, "Hey, we're connected here." Yeah, like, like I haven't just pushed you out on your own. Exactly, There's, exactly. Right, right. Yeah, there's a real serious attempt to to paint a bit of a picture. I think um, we're gonna we're gonna read Jeremiah 31 shortly, and and that is in a context where Judah is about to go, about to be overtaken by Babylon. Yeah. But for many years before that, the northern ten tribes, the kingdom of Israel, had already been taken into captivity. Yeah. And um, to just get a picture of the context for which Jeremiah is speaking into, I just want to paint that picture a little bit. Yeah. And you had mentioned, like it had gotten to this point where they were worshiping gods in really evil ways. Yeah. Like they're sacrificing their own yeah. kids. Yeah. And one of the things that always stood out to me was actually, I, I didn't pull it up to get the exact quote. I believe it's in Isaiah, but um, the kingdom of Judah, the Southern kingdom was gone into exile for a 70 years ish. And God had actually said that the reason of that length was to give the land a rest. Like they, all of the years that they had skipped of giving the land a break, which is what God <laughs> yeah. had told them to do from the beginning yeah. was take a year off, give the land a breather. Yeah. It was like it had gotten so bad that God's like the earth needs a, a break, break from you, from where you, what you guys were up to in this yeah. place. Like yeah. it, right. that just really spoke right. volumes to me. I'm yeah. like, he's given the trees a breather, yeah. <laughs> you know, Wow. Yeah. that, that really spoke volumes to me. So sure. again, I, a huge part of my heart and us just explaining all this is for us to see that God wasn't trigger happy in this. God loved them so much, gave yeah, them so much opportunity, yeah. but it devolved to such a place were all of the curses that Moses had pronounced. Maybe really? God was the first environmental terrorist. Right. You know the oh, old wow. movie Moonraker where he kills the <laughs> right. guys, bad guys trying to kill all the humans on the planet to let the planet grow or like I'm not rainbows, familiar. all these crazy old <laughs> stories, right? So God I, like I gave the land a break. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, right, right, right. He's he's like a like interesting a championing the land. Yeah. 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 I have a whole spiel on that actually. Oh, anyway, there's okay. a whole, <laughs> there's a verse it's where it's your trail you can chase the rabbits. Yeah, I, I'll just say this. There's a verse where David and I believe it's his army are about to chop down a whole bunch of trees for some military advantage. And there's some kind of a profit or interaction where God's like, Are the trees your enemies? Like, like he, oh, right. that's the phrase is anyway. So God loves trees and yeah. values the environment. <laughs> Hug a tree today. Yes. Yes. Tree hugging is good. Um, but all, all kidding aside, just yeah. to, just to, just to paint that picture of, of God's heart about to be expressed to his people. So think about it from this perspective as well as that this is, this is Abraham's family way down the line. This is the, this is the covenant family. This is the people that God is about to bring his whole redemptive plan through. Mm-hmm. It's evolved over hundreds of years. They, you know, their, their laws and, and rituals are, are but a distant memory to them at this point. The idea that yeah, right. all these covenants and promises of them having all this prosperous life and relationship with God, that's got to feel like nothing but a distant memory if it was even on their minds for most of them at that point, right? right. And, and yeah. honestly, like I think for, for, any, for any person in that day and time, if they were conscious of their roots and those prophetic words and the time of Moses and all these things that God had spoken to them, I can't imagine the despair that it was to watch their nation get desecrated yeah. because that's really right. what happened. It, mm. it, it was desecrated. Like, like a huge percentage of them died. Yeah. And, and, it, wasn't, and it wasn't an overnight thing, right? Like the city of, of Jerusalem was besieged, right? Yes. So they were 18 yeah. months uh, with the, you know, Babylonian army outside. That's when this 31 piece is written, right? The Babylonian yeah. army is outside. It takes them 18 months to build a ramp so they can walk over top of the walls of the city. Basically, they're yeah. moving massive mounds of earth. Yeah. And in the meantime, everybody inside is starving. Starving to Imagine death. the yeah. smell and yeah. the, like yeah. the... Just the, the horror of it, we just, we just can't imagine. And, and yeah. this is, and you know, I'm just, I'm just thinking of it from their perspective of being, this is, you know, we're Abraham's descendants. Like, I thought right. we were the chosen ones, right? And just yeah. that feeling of oh, where are those promises now, yeah, yeah. right? And I think there's, uh, so, I mean, so one, one I, have, I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I'm, only gonna, I'm not going to talk the entire time. Um, one of them, I think, is, well, first, yeah, just how foreign to our experience that is, right? Yeah. Like, we're like, oh, invest in the housing market. You know, it's going up in this area. It's like, that's good. It's like, <laughs> yeah, right. exile means they burnt your home and business to the ground. Yeah. yeah. Like, you have nothing. Yeah. Like, everything, wiped. all of your yeah. hopes for the future are, like, gone. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And, yes, we'll get to the part where God promises to bring them back. But even then, he's not talking to the individual. Yeah. It's like, no, you're actually going to die in a different land. Um. So, yeah. so I, I guess I just want to, like, yeah. like, I... 
the closest thing that we can probably think of is, is like at least for us is like refugee crises yeah, yeah right exactly. you know yeah. we think of like civil wars that have happened yeah. recently mm-hmm. yeah and like the refugees that have kind of but like this is like devastating and then i'll just add one other thing which yeah. is like god has communicated and we read this right like uh, obedience brings a blessing disobedience brings a curse and uh, i'm imagining so I mean, so where are you? You're in a place where you're, you're looking around you. The entire city is just being torn apart, like stone by stone, right? It's being burnt. Uh, people that you love, that you know, that you grew up with, are being killed, are yeah. dead. Yes, or they've starved in the city. Or, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe by the hand of an enemy. Maybe by yeah, disease or famine. Or they're or, killing yeah. each other in the city walls. Even, yeah. Right? And, yeah, and so you have all of this, and then you have yeah. this other piece, which is, and, and I'm just trying to envision this crushing guilt. Yeah. This, this piece of disobedience brings a curse. Right. Of like, there, there's a sense in which it's like, all of this is happening, it's horrible, and I did it to myself. Mm-hmm. Or, right. And we chose we, this. We made this mess. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, so I'm just envisioning yeah. like hopelessness, despair, crushing guilt, kind yeah. of like mm-hmm. on top well, of And that. in cultural memory, they've seen it, right? They've seen it happen to the Northern Kingdom with Babylon. Yeah. yeah. Right. right? Yeah. Babylon takes the Northern Kingdom and they saw it all happen. Then they're judgmental against Babylon for this right. whole thing. And now it's happening to them. Yeah. yeah. So, they've seen it happen to their cousins. Yeah. Like, yeah. Kind of yeah. The experience yeah. of exile, like, I, like yeah. I have nothing in my experience to I, compare I, it to. I right? can't imagine. Like, can imagine. yeah, and I think the closest thing in my experience is still probably like a hundred years away or like light years away. Yeah. Let's go sci-fi light years away mm-hmm. from, from what that experience yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. I think we've done a really good job here and, 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 um, you know, we're not wrapping up the message here. You know, we have painted a, a bleak <laughs> picture, um, but we do need to feel this. We, yeah. we do need to just do our best to imagine this yep. to get the context for what we're about to read in God's heart for this. Cause mm-hmm. this is God's covenant family. And I'll just, I'll just recap these couple things and then we'll, we'll dunk into Jeremiah 31. But this is, this is the, these are the people that God said, I just want to be your God and I want you to be my people. Yeah. These are the people who, who he has chosen out of all the families of the earth to bring about his plans and, and they've rejected him. So, um, with that, what we're going to do next is we're just going to, I think we hope we've painted that picture. Um, we want to see this story continue. Jeremiah, in the context of being about to go into exile in Judah, having seen the northern 10 tribes already taken into exile, Jeremiah gets this word. And, and it's a huge chapter. 31's a long chapter. We're not going to read the entire thing. We're going to read chunks. But I want you to hear God's heart yeah. to this nation who yeah. has unre- like just unrelentingly abandoned him and given up on him for hundreds of years mm-hmm. after he's tried, tried, tried to appeal to them. Mm-hmm. Um, here's where we go. So, And maybe just before we do the reading, just uh, just thinking like, so we're talking about this story that's outside of ourselves, the story yeah. of Israel, but you, maybe you should really think about your areas where you feel like you're in exile or your areas where you feel like you are under siege in, in this time. Right. So maybe there's a relational exile that you're in, or maybe it feels like it's COVID thing, or maybe you've Mm. lost your job Mm, or, or maybe it's an actual sin thing, right? There may be an area where like, like the people of Israel, you're apostate. Like you've, given your life over to idols you've given your life over to some sin pattern you've given your life over to an addiction or something like so think really practically about your areas where you've strayed from god my areas where i've strayed from god and then let these words uh be be heard in your exile god speaking over you that's that's so good that's what i was going to mention as well just that i my whole sense of this message was actually that there was something in in jeremiah's words for us so just just turn your listening ears on in such a way of God. What are you saying to me in this? Yeah. And we're not going to comment a whole lot. We're actually just going to read this as if we're sort of reading it over our community. Yeah, there's something in this for us, and I, it could be very different for different people. But we're gonna we're gonna read this over us. Yeah. We're not going to jump in and comment. We'll just read through. So just uh, if if it's helpful to close your eyes or read along, it will be on the screen. Yeah, but. Um, and I'll, I'll, just, I'll just come in quick. Yeah. Yeah. And this is just building, building that bridge, right? Between yeah. that time and, and our time, which is, yeah. Like, I think we hear that speaking into, like, when we think about what exile is and then we compare it to our experience, right? So I guess we hear this speaking into our guilt. We hear this speaking into yeah. our feelings of forsakenness. Yeah. We, we feel this and hear this being spoken into the places where our dreams have kind of come to an end, right? Or, or our hopes for the future yeah. ha- have been made desolate. Um, like whatever, yeah. What I yeah. guess our experience of exile, right? Yeah, like, that's good. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. 
I'll go ahead and start reading if we have the verses up. Jeremiah 31, 1. At that time, declares the Lord, I will be the God of all the clans of Israel, and they shall be my people. Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. When Israel sought for rest, the Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Again, I will build you, and you shall be built, O virgin Israel. Again, you shall adorn yourself with tambourines and shall go forth in the dance of the merrymakers. Again, you shall plant vineyards on the mountains of Samaria. The planters shall plant and shall enjoy the fruit. I'm reading verses 8 and 9. Behold, I will bring them from the north country and gather them from the furthest parts of the earth. Among them, the blind and the lame, the pregnant woman and she who is in labor together. A great company, they shall return here. With weeping, they shall come. And with pleas for mercy, I will lead them back. I will make them walk by brooks of water in a straight path in which they shall not stumble. For I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. He who scattered Israel will gather him and will keep him as a shepherd keeps his flock. For the Lord has ransomed Jacob, and has redeemed him from hands too strong for him. They shall come and sing aloud on the height of Zion. They shall be radiant over the goodness of the Lord, over the grain, the wine, and the oil, and over the young of the flock and the herd. Their life shall be like a watered garden, and they shall languish no more. Then shall the young woman rejoice in the dance. And the young men and the old shall be merry. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. I will feast the soul of the priest with abundance. And my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, declares the Lord. I have have heard Ephraim grieving. You have disciplined me and I was disciplined like an untrained calf. Bring me back that I may be restored, for you are the Lord my God. For after I had turned away, I relented. After I was instructed, I struck my thigh. I was ashamed and I was confounded because I bore the disgrace of my youth. Is Ephraim my dear son? Is he my darling child? For as often as I speak against him, I do remember him still. Therefore, my heart yearns for him. I will surely have mercy on him, declares the Lord. Verse 31, behold, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, by covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declared the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor, his, his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. We're just going to leave it there in the section of Jeremiah 31 that we're going to read. Um, but you hear the Lord speak to a people who have rejected him for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, in his own words, in, in, as we just read in verse 32, he says, though I was their husband. God, like, it's, it's like God had desired this relationship with them that could be compared in such a way as like a marriage. Like he wanted to be their God and, and, and for them to be his people. And they, they cheated on God, <laughs> you know, and, and, and in a way, there's something in that that I think we can all relate to. And um, <laughs> I just can't imagine, like, there, there's something of the grace of God spoken to them in this time that I know is, that is for us today, I'm stunned by this grace. I'm stunned by what it would have been like to be in that situation, to watch life as they know it, to be desecrated, for them to be brought away into exile and for the promises and the old ways of their life and law with God to just be nothing but a distant memory. And God says, God just speaks such, life over them. We're only we're only hitting like less than half of the chapter of what God is speaking over them, but what a hope. Like their life shall be like a watered garden. They shall be radiant over the goodness of the Lord. 
you shall be like brought back to the life that you knew and, and, and even more. He speaks promise to the one who had been consistently cheating on him <laughs> and, and, and says that there's actually something even new coming. Mm-hmm. The, 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 promises, I, the promises are echoed. The, the covenant to Abraham is echoed here. God said to Abraham in Genesis 17, 7, that I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. In Jeremiah 31, 1, we hear it echoed, at that time, declares the Lord, I will be the God of all the clans of Israel and they shall be my people. We, we hear that it hasn't gone too far yet, that God, there was a curse that was brought upon his chosen family and, and it was a, a terrible thing that happened. It was, it was a, a, such a tragic thing that's happened, but this promise continues. There is a place where God says that I will be their God and they will be my people. And the second piece of foreshadowing we saw was spoken through Moses that um, in, in Deuteronomy 30, the Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that you can love him with all your heart and with all your soul and live. We hear that, we hear that new heart, that circumcision mm. of hearts echoed in Jeremiah 31. He says that I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. No longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, know the Lord, for they all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest. Um, hundreds of years later, Jesus would raise a cup and he says, in this is the new covenant, which is my blood. And Israel's story of being the chosen family to bring about the redemptive plan so that everyone would know God and be restored back to a relationship with him did not stop at the exile. That's what we read about, that we, we see God's grace and hope spoken to them. It continued, and that covenant was established in Jesus coming as a man and dying for us. That, that covenant, that knowing of God, mm-hmm. God, God's other covenant we haven't mentioned to Abraham was that through him and through his descendants, all the families of the earth would be blessed. This is how it speaks to 2021. Is that through Jesus, a descendant of Abraham in a sense, it, it is through him there was this new relationship, this new knowing of God available. And, yeah. and just like Israel, that grace, I'm hoping, speaks such volumes to us. Like how it would have heard... Um, been received by them in exile and seeing life as they know it destroyed. I, I know that if, if you're somebody who's in that state where you just, you, you just are separate from God, you're in exile, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. in some kind of a way, God's grace, I believe he wants to just wash that over you. I believe there's a covenant available to you that, is, that is, gives you a place of knowing him where you don't even yeah. need other people to teach you who he is because you can know him. Mm-hmm. This was God's plan from the beginning yep. with Abraham. And, and just like Israel, we can relate to having blown it ourselves. We've all sinned and fallen yep. short of it. But God's grace, just like to them, is extended to us mm-hmm. yeah. today. That covenant is in Jesus, and that's still for today. Yeah. Um, there's, I, I have more I want to say, but I just want to give you guys a chance. What stands out to you after we read, God's, after we read Jeremiah 31? What's, what's resonating with you? What's standing out to you? I think for me, that's the piece of, uh, you know, you shall all know him, right? Mm. That, uh, you know, thinking of Jesus teaching and, and even, even through Paul, just this, um, that that's like the goal, right? It's that knowing of God. It's that intimacy. It's that knowledge. And, and so it takes it out of this sort of Old Testament context where uh, it's talking about priests in the temple and getting that right, getting that wrong, and sacrifice is right, and sacrifice is wrong, and idolatry right, idolatry wrong, all that kind of stuff, and bring it into the New Testament context. And you have uh, an ultimate goal of a God who... Uh, is saying, hey, I've, I've done all of this and we've walked through all of this together to come to the point with Jesus where that veil of the temple is torn in too. Yeah. And now we can know each other. Now yeah. we can have true relationship, true heart-to-heart, true fellowship, right? Yeah. Because yeah. the heart's been circumcised, because the heart's been made. Wow. It's huge, right? There's a lot of other prophecies talking about a new heart being yeah. made that are pointing to the new life available in Jesus. Yeah. It's it's so huge. The veil yep. being torn is a new. It, it's it, in Moses's words. It's 
our ability to love yep. him with all of our heart and yep. with all of our soul. That ability for us to do that is in Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And that maybe to bring those, those of us who are maybe, maybe new to Christianity or exploring this back, like in this old temple that they used to worship in, in Jerusalem, there was a really holy place, the center of the temple that was blocked off from the rest of the temple with this, uh, big, big, thick, uh, curtain. And, uh, we couldn't go in there. Like the average Joe couldn't go in there. Only the priest could go in there once a year. And when Jesus died on the cross, that temple curtain was literally ripped into supernaturally to symbolize that we, you and I could go into the Holy of Holies and actually know the holiness and the presence of God. Right. Wow. So that's what Christianity does for us. Right. Is it, it brings us into that place of intimacy. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, yeah, okay. So many, so many rabbit trails open up ahead of me, right? <laughs> but here, let's hit. Yeah, I'll answer your question though. Um, I think, I think what really speaks to me, I think, is the depth of exile. Like, just mm. that. Like, I think that that is so far beyond my experience. Like, I mean, have I experienced disappointment? Have I experienced guilt? Have I experienced shame? Have I experienced, um, you know, hopelessness or feelings of despair or darkness? And I'd say yes to all of those. But like, I, I think my experience kind of pales in comparison to like have i had you know what i mean have i had like my family you know what i mean like like just the extent of like what exile meant so so that so the darkness Mm. the darkness of exile yeah Mm -hmm. and i think it's the message of i think it's the message of hope i think it's i think it's the like the biblical story being one of like you are not too far gone yeah um the biblical story of one being like uh the chains like no matter how many there are and no matter how wrapped up you are in them that it's like they can always be broken Mm. that there that there is no too far for god to Mm. kind of reach in and bring light like there's no darkness that repels the light there's no um there's no chain that resists like god's ability to snap it in half right there's no um yeah, for the heart that wants to be free, for the heart mm-hmm. that wants to know God, like there's always there's always hope, there's always a way back. Hmm. I think is um, I think so. I mean, I, I just take from that. So like the darkness of exile and into the middle of that darkness that is so much more than any darkness I've experienced. And you know what I mean. But like into the darkness of exile, you know, all of this stuff heaped on top of it. It's, it's this like, but I will do this right. Like behold, the days are coming. Like they shall mm. all know me. There's the like. I will, I'm scrolling back up here. Mm-hmm. At that time, I will be God of the clans visit. They shall be my people. Mm-hmm. There's this, I don't know, it's that theme of hope that I think really speaks to me. I, and I think it's just beautiful. And I think like, <laughs> have I ever have I ever seen that that like element of hope or that taste of hope in anything else that I've experienced in life? Or And, and my answer is no. Like, I don't think I've seen that anywhere. And, and there's something beautiful about yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's so good. That, that's that's resonating with me a lot too and like there's something there's something that that stood out to me in jeremiah 31 that was like the way that god speaks hope over people like yeah. you will find joy and let me find this they shall be radiant over the goodness of the over the of the lord over the grain the wine and the oil over the young of the flock and the herd their life shall be like a watered garden there was something i'm like imagine enjoying like having olive oil in the house, you know, or um, having wine. Imagine enjoying a cup of wine. Like the blessing and the life, the the hope that God is speaking over them is yeah. holistic. It's life again. It's enjoying family again. Right. It's enjoying right, right. life again. It's having your herd back. Yeah, it's, it's not just these things. It's the back. experience of these things. Yeah, it's, the, like, it's, it's it's like all that God has desired. He's speaking promise over them, you know, and mm-hmm. that that was in some way just a piece of of what i had felt was a part of god's heart to speak to us today mm-hmm. was that there's a promise of life in the kingdom of god that's holistic for us it's it's it maybe if nothing else just that it is so much bigger than what i have ever imagined it to be that there is something of the kingdom of god and god's heart for us in a holistic life fulfilled blessing that god wants to speak to those of us in exile and and those of us that need to hear it mm-hmm. like just a holistic love <laughs> right yeah mm-hmm. yeah what do you think? i have a question that could be a rabbit trail so you just totally kibosh sure <laughs> okay totally on you but i mean how do we understand uh you know we look at that old testament context and that story that that everything that jeremiah is prophesying into he's prophesying into you know sheer rebellion yeah. and and disobedience yeah right and then all that the exile is seen as god's judgment and 
and God's discipline, right? And we look in the New Testament context and we see, um, you know, the Lord disciplines the ones he loves. Yeah. So we, we, we know that we can see that all as love. But bring that into the New Testament context and into our lives. Do you think God uses discipline in the same way to draw us back to him? Or is that an Old Testament thing? Or how do you, how do you picture that? Because we're talking about exile and we're thinking, like as Matt's saying, we're thinking about, yeah, I'm having a hard time paying the bills and yeah. that kind of a deal. But uh, where is there exile in our lives or maybe in the church in North America, maybe where it's an exile that might be actually parallel to, uh, you know, Jerusalem's where there's a judgment or a discipline or a teaching attached to it. Yeah. Maybe if, if it's okay, maybe we could, can you record that? And can we just snag it in the Q and a, not to, <laughs> it's a great That's question. Fair, totally, yeah. I, yep. I do want to, I do want to hit that for sure. If we could just, if we could jump to that in the Q and a snagged, snagged. Fantastic. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Um, I just want to highlight one more thing, and 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 then if you guys want to chime in with more of what God may be saying to us in this through that, um, you can. But I, I think the the last point that I had that really stood out to me was that I, I, I to me I think there's something relatable of not not in not in a big way, but a piece of it is relatable of maybe our cultural moment here in Canada hmm. and the cultural moment of Israel and Judah at that time where you um, and, and you can overplay this hand, but there's a, there's an element in which of my European heritage, there was you know I've come from nations that have been you know church used to be integrated with states and we would we were Christian nations, you know, and even in the brief history of Canada, my dad has stories of you know I guess they used to sing God Save the Queen in the schools and we're sort of moving away from any religious affiliation in our cultural mm-hmm. moment and there was something in in me that just like it it resonated that you know, it's becoming maybe a distant memory like it was for the Israelites to have this as a part of culture, Mm. to have this as a part of just life as you knew it is that we were a Christian nation. And again, I'm not going to overplay that hand. I'm not implying it. There was a golden era in the 1800s that we've lost, but there was a, there was a, a, an integration of Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ and culture that is just getting separated at this moment in time. And I I think the other thing that was just speaking to me in this is that in the same way that that probably was a distant memory for a lot of people then, and it may feel like a distant memory now, like the last, you know, the last example I have is just that like my generation generally does not go to church. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the statistics right. are right. terrible. Right. Like we, yeah. <laughs> right. we yeah. don't, we, we're leaving the church. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's what's happening, yeah. you know? And, and I, and I guess just into that moment, um, I just kind of hear God showing us this story and being like, my plan had never changed. Like, look at me mm-hmm. weaving from Abraham and Moses to that cultural moment mm-hmm. and God's plan keeps going. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like there's something in that here for us is that God's, God's promises haven't changed. We we sh- we shouldn't fall under an illusion that you know um, right. we're post-Christian and that was just for when they didn't have science. You know that that that's the way that they rationalized life before they had you know science or something. Right. And that you know that's you know we're just beyond that now. Like don't let that ever put you under any illusion. Like like. God's plan continues even when the the human perspective on the circumstances look like it's going nowhere. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's yeah. dramatic. I'm not saying yeah. entirely that's where we're at. I'm, I'm using yeah. that a little loosely. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. there's something for us in a cultural moment, I think, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah. think that's a, I think it's a really good point, or at least part of what you're saying, I think, is is um, that, uh, yeah, God is so much bigger than, I mean, I think sometimes we have our lifespans and we're like, oh no. And, and I think the cr- this, this current cultural moment, is that a podcast or is that a, where's that? It's a saying, doesn't matter. Anyways, I don't know. So uh, anyways, um, like we, we kind of see this decline, right? Yeah, in yeah. Christianity, I think is what you're saying. And I think I think that's so key to, to recognize like, yeah, but God's lifetime is bigger than that. Like God's plan is so much yeah. bigger than that. Like I think sometimes we lose sight of the, of the hugeness <laughs> yeah. the hugeness of god's plan like the fact that it's yeah. so much more than just like like what to what to us feels like the decline of an empire right is like in god's view is like he's seen he saw the fall of the roman empire right like he's you know what i mean like he, like the, like this amount of time might just be like a blip yeah that is kind of like you know yeah. I, but his plan is constant yeah throughout that and it, like it's still working towards a point i guess there's a couple different thoughts in there but i guess i'm just speaking on like yeah we have our, our context and we have our own cultural moment. I think it's so important not to like, 
equate equate that with like God's plan or make our make the way that we see things like equivalent with the way that God sees things. Yeah. Or to be like obviously everything of significance has happened in my lifetime and will happen in my lifetime. It's like, oh, yes. are you kidding me? Yeah. 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 God's a little small. bit bigger than that. We're pretty yeah. small. Yeah. 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 Maybe, yeah, maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Did you want to jump on that? Or? No, well, no, I just, I just, uh, yeah, I was, think, I was thinking similar thoughts. Like you can, you can look at the old, these Old Testament stories and, and, and take them as analogy and take them as, okay, this shows us God's character. Yeah at this moment and what God wants to communicate in his heart to people who are in that space yeah. and in that moment. So I think, uh, I think I wanted to sort of almost drill down to the, what, what God wants to say to the average one of us who's going through this cultural moment yeah. where it feels yeah. like the church is sort of going into exile. And, yeah. and obviously what we want to take from that, I think one is, is comfort right? A sense that he sees this happening and he knows and he has uh, love that he wants to express and affection that he wants to express to his beautiful church as broken and wounded as it is. And we should take that on as a, as a community, as OVV and, mm. and feel that, yeah. that love and affection and comfort from the father. That's good. And we should also hear anything that he might want to say into us in terms of a warning or an, sure. yeah. uh, an inspiration like, hey, you guys need to go into this next moments with this in mind. And we need to pray into what that is practically for us as a church. Yeah. So to take that cultural moment, take the story, take the knowledge of God in that and say, okay, what can we really apply here uh, yeah. to us? What do we? What are we hearing as a, as yeah. a faith community together? Absolutely. That's really good. Um, with that, I think I want to wind us down, at least for awesome. this part of yeah. things. Um, if you guys would like to share in chat just what is speaking to you this morning, what's resonating with you. Maybe you have questions. Um, maybe you have uh, comments or just want to clarify. That'd be, that's awesome. But I just would like to, let's just pray to close it off. Mm-hmm. We'll stick around for some question, awesome. answer, and prayer. But um, thanks for joining us. Would love feedback as well before you, if you're about yep. to log off. Would love feedback on just this format. Yep. Trial run sure. for us, podcast style sermon. Um, let us know what you think. But, yeah, we're uh, going to pray and we see your question there, Gord. We'll come back to you for sure. Absolutely. Yep. Let me just close Snagged. this prayer. Snagged. Snagged that question. God, I just thank you so much for, um, I, I mean, I just appreciate connecting with more of your story and seeing this overarching story in the Old Testament that speaks to our lives here today. God, I just ask, in Jesus' name, that each of us would would grow in our knowledge of you through your word, through this promise, through the, the new covenant, through Jesus Christ, through the receiving of forgiveness and new life of Jesus. May everybody have a sense of that that is available to them because of your love for us, that those who rebel the most or who are seemingly in the darkest position, may they have a sense of the invitation of the love of God this morning. And God, would each of us just have a sense of of your invitation to love and know you more, to to see things in the meta story, the big picture, the the fact that our lives are short here, but that's not a morbid, depressing fact. That's a, that can be seen in a wondrous, beautiful lens that our lives are so much bigger than a hundred years. And so is, um, just, yeah, our, our season of life here as we know it in Carlton Place in Canada, 2021. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, yeah, I just pray that each of us would hear from your spirit clearly, Lord, and that you would bring us together as community and that we would love and know you more and love neighbor more. Okay. <laughs> just ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us. To connect to the ministries of Ottawa Valley Vineyard, visit ovv.ca.